Hey everybody, you're listening to the Poema Church Podcast. Today we're sharing a message from our latest series. We believe the Word of God in Scripture is powerful and has real-life application to our lives today. We hope this message encourages you. Get connected and learn more about us by visiting our website, poemachurch.ca. I knew that my message was somehow going to incorporate faith here today. And uh, I'm just going to get a couple of Kleenexes just ahead of time, just for what you call preventative. But I wanted to speak on faith today. And... Uh, That is something, that is something that is near and dear to my heart. I'll make it, don't worry. I'll just get it out now and then we'll get going. So, in each minister's life, there seems to be things that God uses an individual to bring forth and to, not to focus on completely, but it's an emphasis in someone's life. And I've always believed that, that faith was something that God had built up inside of my life to encourage people with today. And so I want to look at three things out of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, I want to look at faith, hope, and love, and how these three things come together, how they relate to one another, and how they work together to produce in you the promises of God and every hope that you see written in the Word of God that is available to you. It produces and manifests these things in our lives if we take faith, hope, and love very seriously in our lives. And so for not, this isn't my final time ever speaking here, but just for a little while, all right? Because we're moving, but you'll see, you'll see us again. You'll see me again. I'm going to be in West Virginia next weekend saying, uh, saying hello to my sister, who's Matt's mom and dad. I'll be down there next weekend, and then we leave the following weekend. But um, for one more time, would you humor me? Yes. Do you have your Bibles? or an electronic version, or something like it. Come on, let's make this confession together. This is my Bible. This is my Bible. God's holy word. God's holy word. It's a lamp to my feet, a, a light into my path. My heart is ready. My ears are open to receive the life-giving, life-changing word of God. For the Bible says, faith comes by hearing. Today I'm going to hear. And I will never, 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 never be the same again in Jesus' name. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it's commonly known as the love chapter. And if you've ever been to a wedding, it's usually always preached. What love is all about, what God's love is all about. And really, what it's, 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 it's not just a chapter on love, but what it's doing, it's contrasting the gifts of the Spirit and love and how these two things, how these things are supposed to be working together. And so 
Out of verse 13, from chapter 13, it says this, three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. The Amplified Version reads it this way. It says, now there remain faith, abiding trust in God and his promises, hope, confident expectation of eternal salvation, love, unselfish love for others, growing out of God's love for me. These three, the choicest graces, but the greatest of these is love. All right. Now, um, I want to talk about, to start off with, we want to talk about faith. And I want to talk about living the life of faith. We all understand that the worlds and everything that we see around us was created by God when he spoke by faith. There was nothing and God spoke and created something out of nothing. All right? The darkness over the waters of this place and God spoke and life came about. And so I want you to understand something that everything that God does is by faith. Say this with me. Everything God does is by faith. And so God created the world by faith. Everything exists. Everything is sustained by faith. Everything God does. But the sad reality is, is most Christians still sometimes don't get it and don't understand that we are, in the same way, are called to live a life of faith. Faith isn't just something that we exercise when we get saved. But faith is something that we need to learn to exercise every day of our lives to accomplish the things that God has called us. We're called to live by faith. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4 says this. It says, For every child of God defeats the evil world, and we achieve this victory through our great knowledge, through our, our, our money, through our education, through our connections. No, it doesn't say any of those things. It says, how do we... How do we achieve this victory? How do we defeat the evil world that we live in and every challenge that comes our way? We do it through what? Through faith. We do it through faith. What does that look like? I, I, I heard growing up as a kid, you ought to have faith. You need faith. And, but nobody ever stopped to take the time in the denomination that I was a part of to explain, well, I know I ought to have something, but how am I supposed to get it? How am I supposed to put it to work inside of my life? How am I supposed to use faith? I, I want to make a statement right now. I'm going to make a couple statements that may raise a little bit of hair on the back of your necks. And here's the first one, okay? It's not, it's not like me to ever do something like that, is it? No. Let me say this. It is only living a life of faith that we access everything God has provided through his son, Jesus. Let me say that again. It is only by living a life of faith, not just faith to get saved. It is only by living a life of faith that we have access to everything God has provided through his son, Jesus. Jesus provided everything that we need through his death, burial and resurrection. Everything that you're going to need in life moving forward has been provided, has been bought, has been paid for. And the only way to access the things that God... See, a lot of Christians are just sitting around waiting for things to happen. Guess what they're going to be doing the rest of their lives? Sitting around waiting for things to happen. 
But people who understand faith and know faith start making things happen. You see, when God wanted to make something happen, God spoke, he used faith, he spoke and boom, the worlds were created. I have this plate, I had this license plate thing that we picked up down in the States at some point. It says, I believe in the Big Bang. God spoke and bang, it happened. So that's what faith is all about and it's only through living a life of faith that we have access to everything that God has provided through his son. Say this with me, by faith, I have access to everything that is provided by Jesus. And so it's by faith. Do you want everything God has provided? We all do, don't we? I want everything that God has provided. I don't want to miss out on something. I don't want to get the second best of something. I want the best of what God has provided for myself and for my family. I want to see the best in your life. And so I want God's best. Do you want God's best in your life? Come on, I'm preaching to the right people this morning, aren't I? If so, then you need to make a decision that I am going to live by faith. No matter how you've been living up to this point, if you want to live differently, if you want to begin to walk in the best, and I'm not just talking about tying a knot in the rope and hanging on. Growing up in church, we used to sing these old hymns, some glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away. I mean, good songs, some of them were good songs and all, but it was like tie a knot in the rope and hang on because life is just going to suck until Jesus comes. And that was the mentality, just get by. I don't know about you, but I don't want to just get by. I don't want my kids to get by. I don't want my family to get by. I don't want anybody I know to get by. I want you to succeed in everything you put your hands to. How about you? I want everybody I come into contact with, whether they know Jesus or not, to succeed and to grow. And you know what? Oftentimes what I found out that succeeding through Jesus Christ is the greatest witness that you can ever have. You know, I I can't stand the Christian that goes around all the time with a sad sack look on their face. Repent! Repent! You know, they're the most miserable people. They look like they've been baptized in pickle juice. They're not living a life of faith. They're not living a life of victory, but they go around telling people, you know, Jesus is coming, but yes, and he is coming back. And they, they say all kinds of crazy things in the wrong context, trying to attract people to Jesus. They're my biggest hurdle as a minister. They are my biggest hurdle dealing with people like that. Now, if you're gonna have the victory that this book talks about, then you're going to have to make some decisions to live by faith. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says this. It says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things that we cannot see. You want to read a great chapter someday later on today? Just sit back and read about all the things, the great things that happen by faith. I don't have the time this morning, but I'm going to sit down Pastor Matt and Rachel have asked me to sit down and write down the history and some of the things that God has done. And there's a lot. There's a lot to sit down and write about. I don't have time, but but you want to read about some great things that God does through faith. 
Pull out Hebrews chapter 11 and see what God did. It'll blow your mind. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It's the evidence of things we cannot see. One translation says faith is the substance. It's the stuff. It's the stuff that it, 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 the things are made out of. Faith is the stuff, all right? Are there some things that you need in your life in order to succeed at what God has asked you to do? Are there some things? Sure there are. Are there some things in your life that you are hoping for? You know, the one translation says faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's okay to hope for some things. Don't be afraid to hope for some things, okay? Don't be afraid to, to dream bigger than maybe you, somebody in your family has ever dreamed before. Then, then don't be afraid to think big. Don't be afraid to go to God and say, God, what is it you want me to accomplish? And when he gives you a big dream, say, thank you, Lord. That's something that I can hope for, right? See, what is God doing? God has given you a blueprint. He's given you a blueprint. He's given us 66 books of blueprint right here to show us things that we can hope for. God's not against you having things, but he's against things having us. All right? He's not against you having the tools that you need. I've been doing a lot of reconstruction on my house, and I tell you, there's a few things that I bought in the last year that if I did not have them, you know how long it would have taken to do those things. I've got a really nice chop saw for sale, by the way, in case anybody's looking. <laughs> no, really. <laughs> but if I'd, I, I couldn't imagine having done all the trim that I've done in my house with a little handsaw. Oh, dear Lord Jesus. My right shoulder would be in a cast, and it would just be done. Instead, zip, boom, done. The right tools. God wants you to have the right tools to get the job done. Amen? The right tools. God's not against you having things, but we don't seek things. We seek God. Matthew 6, says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Are there some things that you need to do to do well in life? Are there some things that you need for your family? Are there some things that you need, have need of, so that you can accomplish the things that God wants to do through you? Sure, sure there are. Those are the things hoped for. Those are the things hoped for. Now, the material necessities of life. And as you exercise your faith, what you'll begin to see is the things that you hope for will come into manifestation in the life. And the way things are added to your life of the things that you are hoping for is through what? A lottery ticket? No, it's through faith. Through faith, that's the way that we add things to our lives. Psalm 37 verse four. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Someone reminded me this past week I went for lunch with somebody and uh, well they took me out for lunch and um, I told them the chronology of all the things that God has done to bring us to this point all the miracles the little miracles and the little nudgings and the way God has provided so incredibly and then he looked at me and said 
It does not surprise me in any way, shape, or form that God has provided for you this way. He said, because I remember when you did this for that person. I remember when you did that and that and that. And he goes, I even remember when you did something huge for us. And I'd completely forgotten about it. You know, when you forget about things, when you forget about things that you've done for people, and I'm not trying to brag here, but I'm just trying to tell you something, that when it becomes an everyday part of your life to give and to serve and to sow into people, it shouldn't be any surprise that there's a harvest that comes back. It shouldn't be any surprise that God's best comes back and God provides in ways that you can't understand. What's the key? The key is faith. Key is faith. Take delight in the Lord. If we delight myself in serving him, he'll fulfill the desires of our hearts. Mark eleven twenty four says, I tell you, you can pray for anything and if you believe you've received it, it will be yours. What's the key here? The key is faith. God wants you to enjoy a great life. He wants you to enjoy this journey. I'm going on another segment of the journey of life right now, getting ready to go. God, I've enjoyed this journey. I want to enjoy the next journey. It's a great adventure, folks. It's not some trudging through the wilderness. You know, no. There, there are moments when you go through the wilderness, but if you live in the wilderness, there's something wrong. You're going to go through the wilderness. You're going to go through the valley of the shadow of death. But in the midst of it, you don't have to fear any evil. For God is with you. You're going to go through some things, but God is going to go through those things with you. And on the other side, you're going to come out. You're going to face some battles. You're going to face some challenges in this life. But that does not define you. That's not where you're meant to camp the rest of your life. How do we begin to see the promises of God come to pass in our lives? Through faith. Through faith in God. Through faith in what he says in his word. Hebrews eleven six says this. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. God's not against rewarding his people who live for him, who honor him. Because I've discovered in life that if you choose to honor God, guess what he does to you? He'll honor you. When I honor God, God honors me. That's just the way it works. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. I'm going to say, hair on the back of the next statement number two here. If you're not living by faith, you're not pleasing God. Let me say that again. If you're not living by faith, you're not pleasing God because faith is what pleases God. You want to please God, start living by faith. Stop hanging your hat on the failures of the past or where you are right now and make a determination inside of your heart from this day forward, I'm going to start learning what it means to live and walk by faith. Not by sight, not by feelings, not by my emotions, not by what I'm hearing around me, because when you hear things around you, you'll make decisions. Oh, COVID this. Oh, recession this. Oh, lack this. Oh, lack that. 
oh, monkeypox, this and that and the other thing. You'll start living under the, the, the weight of the world. But when you choose to honor God, you'll start living under his dominion. And there's a freedom and there's a joy and there's a peace and there's a victory in your lives. If we're not living by faith, we're not pleasing God. If God's word is not final authority in your life, you've got to make God's word the final authority. You can't make the culture of the day. Well, the culture says this is acceptable and that is acceptable. Well, what does God's word have to say? God's word has to be final authority in your life. If we're going to see one of the statements we've made around here for years now is the Bible plus nothing, the Bible minus nothing. That means this is our guide. Other churches are going through things right now. I'm reading stories of the battles that are going on. And in, in, in one particular instance in the Methodist church, the Methodist church and Anglican church around the world, there's a big, you know, do we allow such and such type of marriage? Do we allow such and such type of person to be ordained in our church? And there's a massive battle going on. And thank God for the African churches. For those of you with some history from Africa, because the, the folks from Africa are standing up in the midst of all the Western progressivism and saying, hey folks, this is not about whether or not we're allowing someone to get married or whether we are ordaining this type of person or not. What this is about is, is God's word the final authority? And they're standing firm. Faith pleases God. Everything God does is by faith. We're partakers of his divine nature, and this is the way that we're supposed to live. Hebrews 10.38 says, and my righteous ones will live by faith. One translation says it this way, your life is to be sustained by your faith. Your life is to be sustained by your faith. Sustained, moving forward. Forget about where you are now, what's been going on in the past, and say, hey, my life moving forward is going to be sustained by faith. I'm going to trust God. It says it again in Habakkuk. It says it again in Galatians. The just shall live by faith. How many times do we need to see it? We need to learn how to develop our faith. It's a muscle that we can grow. Jesus said to one man, he said, you have such great faith. And a little while later on, he said to another bunch of people, oh, you have little faith. Where are we in that spectrum? I don't know where you are on that spectrum, but don't get down on yourself because you may be the one of little faith. Don't get down on yourself because you stepped out and you failed. Peter stepped out. At least he, he, got, he stepped out. We can look back and say, hey, Pete, at least you walked on the water while the rest of the cowards sat in the boat. God's looking for some people that are ready to step out. Amen? Are you ready to step out? And even if you fall, all you need to do is look back to Jesus. He'll catch you. But start doing something. Start stepping out in faith. You have to be a person of the word. You're going to have a hard time growing in faith. And understanding what faith and, and love and everything that this book talked, you're going to have a hard time when you're, filling your, when you're filling your mind with every series that comes out of Netflix. When you live, when you live for TV, when you live for entertainment, when you live for all these other things, you're going to have a hard time walking by faith. Why? Because the constant input of the world is going to depreciate the value of the word. 
It's time to develop your faith. Tell the person next to you, it's time to develop your faith. Well, how do you get more faith? You guys should know how, how we get faith around here, don't you? Faith cometh by what? Hearing and hearing by the word, Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing. That's the, that's the good news about Jesus Christ. The more that you're in the word, the more the word will get inside of you and the more the word will come out of you. It will develop you and you will go stronger. I remember hearing this statement years ago by a, a preacher made this statement and when I first heard it, I was like, oh man, I just wish that was me. But it goes something like this. It says, I'm not moved by what I hear. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm only moved by what I believe and I believe the word of God. And so for the last 20 plus years, I've been growing and maturing in that statement right there to the point now where I believe I can say it honestly and justly. I'm not moved by what I hear. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm only moved by what I believe and I believe the word of God. Well, where does hope come in through all of this? What's the relationship between faith and hope? Well, see, hope by itself doesn't give us the victory. Many people have hoped for things over the years and never realized those hopes because they've never moved from hope into faith. Yet, the interesting thing is that faith won't work without hope. There's got to be hope first. Like I said before, um, faith brings the manifestation. Let's say you were trying to build a building. Faith brings the manifestation of the building, but hope is the blueprint. Hope says it can be done. Hope says it can be done. Where do we find hope? Well, every time we open up the Word of God and we read how God did a miracle in so-and-so's life, what does that do? That provides what? Hope for us. It says, wow, God did it there. God's no respecter of persons. I'm his child. He loves me. Therefore, it can happen in my life too. Right there, hope. We see someone else with a testimony of what God has done inside of their life. What does that do? That provides hope. And so hope comes from the people around us. It, discouragement also comes too, you got to understand. But you got to determine which voice you're going to listen to. Are you going to listen to the people that, 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 that are full of, that are hopeless? Or are you going to focus on those full of hope? Are you going to focus on the word of God? Hope is the first step toward faith. And we see many ex examples of hope in the Bible. Now, the word hope gives us this idea of meaning. It says a desire accompanied by confident expectation. And so you see something and then there, there, grow, there grows this confident expectation, a desire inside of your life and a confident expectation that moves us over into the realm of hope. Hope doesn't get the job done. Hope says the job can be done. Okay? But faith, it's almost like if there was a curtain right here and there was a rope. Hope says that what I'm believing God for, I can't see it with my eyes, I can't feel it with my hands, I can't hear it with my e ears, but faith tells me that when I pull on this, I'm going to be pulling it from the reality of that realm into this realm. And faith pulls on things 
from the spirit realm and brings them into the natural realm. Once hope is present, then faith brings it into manifestation. Romans chapter 15 and verse 4 says, Such things were written in scriptures long ago to teach us, and scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we patiently wait for God's promises to be fulfilled. Now, I don't have time to get into it today, but patience is part of the process. How we wait determines how long we wait. Okay? Patience is part of that process, but, but hope comes to us through Scripture. Hope comes to us through people, but the greatest of these, and I end with this, no matter what trial or challenge you're going through, as your character is being developed, as you exercise patience, as you stand on the Word of God, as you trust God in faith, no matter what you see and you're not moved by anything around you, the greatest of these is love. The greatest of these is love. Some people have mistaken this statement to, to say, well, you see, faith and hope aren't near as important as, important as love. That's not what it's saying. It's not, they're not, he's not downplaying the role of faith and hope. What is being elevated here is the importance of love. And you got to understand, some people say, well, it's all about love. It's all about love. No, because love is, love is the motivator. Love is the overriding why we do what we do. Hopefully, see that? What you're doing is because of a foundation of love and not because you're doing it out of fear or you're doing it out of uh, of ritual or any of those other things. Hopefully, we are doing what we do because there's this, this motivation of love. What? He first loved me, therefore I love other people. It's hard to love other people when you don't know that God loved you. One of the biggest problems people have is they don't understand how much God really loves them. If you understood how much God loves you, I'm talking about unconditionally loves you, it will affect everything in your life, every motivation in your life towards other people. All of this is a possibility because of the love of God. Because the love of God for his people. Every miracle is available to us because of the love of God. Every provision is available to us because of what? Because of God's love for us. God loves you. Tell the person next to you, God loves you. You see, it's not just about love. Love is part of the process, though. It's the greatest, but you still need to exercise faith in order to access the promises of God. You can be a person of great love, but if you don't exercise the muscle of faith, then you're never going to access the promises of God. But you'll be a loving person, and that's great. But you, you might be poor, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, the rest of your life. But you'll be a loving person. You'll go to heaven, but you're not going to experience what God wants you to experience here on this earth. Quite. I'm winding down. I'm not going to preach all night. Don't worry. So what's he trying to say here? The whole of chapter 13 is contrasting God's kind of love and the gifts of the Spirit. Now what was the problem with the Corinthian church at this point? The the problem with the Corinthian church when Paul wrote this letter to them, 
The problem was this. They were exercising the gifts incredibly. They had the nine gifts of the Spirit. I mean, wisdom, knowledge, signs and what? They, they, faith. They had the gifts of the Spirit down pat. But the problem was it got to the place where it was all about me and my show. It became a show for some of them. And so Paul had to remind them, hey, that's great. We want the gifts of the Spirit. You know, it's almost like the, the reverse for most churches today. You know, there's no little or emphasis on the gifts of the Spirit, but all the emphasis upon love. Well, no, we, we need the gifts of the Spirit. We need the gifts of the Spirit. You need to speak in tongues. Paul said, I speak in tongues more than you all. We, we need the gifts of the Spirit and evidence in our lives, in our church, in our, in our, in our world for the, for the gospel to go forward. It, it has to happen. But the motivation behind it needs to be one of love. He needed them to learn how to use the gifts of the Spirit through love and not through selfish ambition. Or it, it had gone to their heads. It had be, become something that was becoming a show for them. But we need to balance it and understand the reason why. He's not putting down faith. He's not putting down hope. He's elevating love. There's a statement that I've made for a long time here at New Song Church. And it goes something like this. I am today the direct result of what I have been believing in my heart and declaring with my mouth. I am today. Where I am today in the things of God is the direct result of what I've been believing in my heart and declaring with my mouth. And so if I want to change my today and my change my tomorrow, then I need to change the belief of my heart and I need to change the declaration of my mouth. Amen? And that is something. That's not to get down on anybody. That is just to help you realize that your future is an open book. Your story is not written yet. It's not complete. It's not complete. You say, well, I don't, I don't know. I got all this and all this against me. Well, don't we all have something against us? Come on. Everybody here is battling, carrying a bag of rocks and dealing with their own issues. Come on. Let's not come to church and pretend that we've got it all together. We're all dealing with stuff, right? Who's got stuff? Anybody got stuff? I got stuff. God knows that. He loves us anyways. And he says we can change our future. Your story is not written. Don't believe this. Well, I have a destiny. No, you can write your own destiny. Write your own destiny. Don't allow life to happen to you. Make life happen. I don't care how old you are. I'm, I'm 55 years old. Taking a step of faith. Moving to BC. I, I don't know everything God has in store for me, but I know this much. It's bigger and better than what I could ever ask or think. I feel like Abram. He was actually older at the point when he responded to the call of God than I am now. In Joshua, and I end with this, in Joshua 23 and 24, we have the final words of Joshua to the leaders and to the people of Israel. So what does he do? He walks through them, all the things God has done for them. 
He reminds them of all the promises that God had fulfilled. He reminds them to love God first and foremost. Can I remind you that this morning? Love God first and foremost. I don't have time to remind you today of all the things that God has done, but those things aren't near as important as important as reminding you to love God first, to seek God first. Above all, you know, the next thing that Joshua does is he warns the people not to turn away from God to the idols around them. You see, they were living in a world that was full of idols and and, and he was warning them, saying, don't allow yourselves to be drawn away by the things of the world. And so I stand before you today and I say, we're in the world, but don't be of the world. Be careful not to be drawn away by the things of this world. Stick to God and his word. Be careful not to let your heart be turned towards the idols of this world is the next thing that he said to them. He told them to honor God and God will honor you. Be careful not to be influenced by the world around us. And you know what? Joshua reminded the people of all these things. He took a long time to do it. And then what he did, guess what he did after he did that? Went to his tent and he died. I'm not going to my house and dying. Joshua was 110 when this happened. 110. You know what that means? I'm only halfway, baby. I'm only halfway. And if he waited to 110, that's what I'm aiming for. Now, had I better make some changes in my life? You better believe it if I want to make 110. Say no to McDonald's. And no to Skittles. Just say no. That's going to be my theme for the next year. What a journey. What a journey of faith it's been. And what a journey of faith it's going to be. For me and for you, the best is yet to come. Say this with me. The best is yet to come. One more time. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. It's time... For my next step in the journey of faith. It's time for your next step in the journey of faith. It's time for new songs next step in the journey of faith. And sometimes in order to do that, God just needs somebody to get out of the way. Not that I feel I need to get out of the way, but you get it. It's time for that next step. And you know something? You guys are in good hands. I don't know quite yet how much you understand 
But you're in good hands. You're in good hands here with Pastor Matt and Pastor Rachel. You're in good hands to move forward in the things that God wants this church to do. In your life, you're in good hands. I wouldn't be going if I didn't believe it. I wouldn't. I'd be sticking around like the cranky cranky old man. Thank God I don't need to do that. Because the best is yet to come. Say this with me. We're in good hands. We're in good hands. We're in the hands of God. We're in the hands of God. But you're in in a good place with the leaders that you have in this church now. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. To hear more, subscribe to this podcast and connect with us on our website, poemachurch.ca.